Hey guys, welcome to episode 181 of the JV Club with my You're the Worst colleague. It always feels good to call someone a colleague. Uh, Colette Wolf. I'm so pleased that she was able to do the podcast, guys. I am going to warn you in advance. I am still on a feminist discussion streak. Uh, I want to thank Colette for indulging me, and I want to thank you guys for indulging me as well. Um, I'll silly it up some more in some upcoming episodes, but guys, there's important stuff that needs to be discussed, at least in the moment that I'm feeling that way. Uh, shout out wise, I want to thank Kendra and Megan Kwame and Harry and Elad for your emails and Gary uh, for yours regarding the night we never met. Always happy to uh, see that movie get a shout out itself. Nessa for all my Canadian facts uh, and then Kit and Megan. Uh, great to uh, meet Kit in person at our recent Spontaneous Nation show here in LA. On Facebook for your posts, thank you Rick, Melody, Claire and Glenn. And I just wanted to remind you guys that you can see the JV Club podcast live that is a rare rare occurrence or rare sighting uh with the stuff you should know guys um uh josh and chuck and that will be at sf sketch fest in january on the 16th of january to be exact during the day you can check out uh sfsketchfest.com for more info or send me a tweet with any questions you might have and uh i think that's it i'm gonna let you dive right into this episode guys i hope you have your uh swimming cap and your earplugs in bye Now entering Nerdist.com. to address it over and over and over again i can just check in constantly like how's that mic treating you okay how's that mic going for you um let's see i'm measuring sound okay uh i think we're good my first question is uh would you i see that you're wearing some faux fur on your vest and i want to know if you would ever wear real fur i'm totally kidding what if this was just like a fur an anti-fur podcast um well what if it were i don't i wouldn't ever probably wear fur because i feel like that's a waste of money uh-huh. and i mean I, I don't know i'm sure it's bad for animals too but it right, would probably right. be the money thing that would yeah yeah that's one of those things where i don't feel like anything now i could be totally wrong but i don't get a sense that there have been i don't know that that much has changed in the fur industry because it's just not something i made my you know I was going to say pet project. That's a really bad uh, use terrible. of pet. Terrible accidental pun. It's not ever something like I was never a person that was throwing red paint on someone wearing a fur jacket, but I don't feel like we hear about it anymore. And my question is sort of in, to myself, it, has anything changed at all? Or have people just sort of given up on the idea that, you know, because I still feel like I see in fashion magazines, like a fur, a, a spread of models wearing fur. So I don't know that anything is different, but I don't feel that any, I don't have the sense of that the way I did even like 10 years ago. I just remember it was such a conversation to be had and it doesn't seem like it is anymore. It makes me wonder kind of. Yeah. I feel like the things that people stand up for go in and out of fashion. Yeah. You know, which is kind of like a, even women's rights. I was reading a thing the other day that was like, or, you know, should there even be a women's movement or are we past it or whatever? Yeah. I feel like it just goes in and out. Yeah. I talked about this, uh, with someone recently on the podcast, this idea of like, or is it, I, I won't reiterate or rehash it too much, but, um, 
But this idea of like, it's unpleasant to now be a feminist somehow that like, you're just an unpleasant person if you're still fighting for that, because there are other things that feel like they haven't come as far. So you sort of like, okay, well, I guess I'll just, I guess I'm good. You know what? I'm going to settle in where we are. That's probably not going to get any better. And now I'll just focus my attention on this other cause because somehow that is more acceptable than continuing to go, no guys, we're... We're really not there yet, everybody. Hello? Hello? You know? Yeah, I totally agree. Ay, ay, ay. Where, uh, where did you grow up? When you're, where were you when you were, uh, we were, you were a teenager, if we were to sort of... Uh, I was in King little. George County in Virginia. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot That's of Virginians. I really? I say pointing to the microphone as if the microphone is my podcast logo. A lot of Virginians have been on the podcast. Yeah. Um, one very recently... I wish I could remember who. I'm sure regular listeners to the, uh, listeners to the podcast are going, God damn it, Varney. Why can't you remember it's blank? Um, possibly Mary Holland. Anyway, um, a lot of Virginians. Yeah. Where's, where is, and also that's a very different, that's a state where everyone's like, now hold on, because I lived in the east side of Virginia and it's like this, and the north part of Virginia is like it this. It is. It's very different. Like yeah. If you're in western Virginia or even central compared to Nova Northern Virginia. We kind of lived near Nova, and okay. I would say, and there was like a military base, a naval base where they build bombs. Mm. They do like, yeah, the software for bomb building. Wonderful. Yeah. But so, your parents weren't affiliated with the military. Uh, my dad really? is, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. He Did you just say Tomahawk that? Weapon Systems. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. How does that, was that um, something that you thought about in the way that someone whose dad doesn't do that might, or was it so normal because no, it seems I like our, dad, our teenage experiences are what they are. And so we're just like, well, this is what my experience was. So it seemed like the most normal thing in the world. Yeah. No. I mean, it was like mathematicians and computer scientists and engineers. And I was not good at math. So it just never seemed like an option. I literally was horrendous at math. I took calculus. They make you take everyone who goes to Virginia Tech, which is where I went for undergrad. You have to take calculus in order to graduate, even if you're a psychology major, which <sighs> I was. It's ridiculous. <sighs> I was at that math emporium every week. There's a math emporium? Math emporium. What does that mean? You have to go and do, I don't know, assignments or different things and you can get tutoring. And I was like, they would see me coming and run away. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't understand. Hopeless case is here. (laughs) Totally. Like, oh. um, Yeah. Uh, so I barely, I eked out a D in that class, which really pissed oh, off man. my dad that, yeah, that I got a D in calculus, but yeah, so math was never an option. So I didn't think about being an engineer. Did what this is, I hope this isn't too boring of a question for uh, you to answer and for someone else to hear, but uh, what do, can you know why math wasn't interesting to you or was it interesting and you just didn't have the capacity to do it or well okay so it very well could have been I didn't have the capacity what I like to blame it on though is I was in a talented and gifted program for English uh-huh. for language arts yeah me too so they like put me in that in the sixth grade they moved me from regular class yeah. to this other and at the same time they moved me in a math class to a different math class and I oh. think that was an accident oh. and I didn't know enough to say hey I don't know what's going on here yeah but I don't understand anything. And I literally lost my footing. I, before that, don't even remember math ever being an issue. Yeah, And then yeah. once I got moved with these other kids, the engineers' kids, mm-hmm. it was like I was behind and I never caught up. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I mean, that makes sense. God, that's an interesting idea that you don't think about what your aptitude is if it's sound and solid wherever you are. Right. Until it becomes like outside of your realm of comfort. And then there's like a way to gain a perspective on that and go, hold on, actually, this is not. And then if you don't really see yourself as like a math person, I think too, like your self-esteem about something. Yeah. Like, like cheesy, yeah. But like, I think if you don't, you know, oh, I'm not good at this. Then yeah. Like you don't try as hard and you're not, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's just not who I am or whatever. But I did, I liked statistics. I took statistics. This is going to be a fascinating podcast. I love statistics <laughs> in college. I talk about fur. I talk about math. Yeah. I'll give you a little wiggle room when we can talk statistics because it is very math adjacent. So uh, no, it's yeah. all math. Yeah. Um, statistics. Like for the social Stats, scientists. See, we this had to take is that like... For- I avoided, I would have, I, I remember thinking astronomy would have been interesting until I found out how much math there was. Right. I don't even remember considering anything approaching statistics. But I can't tell if it was the nature or nurture thing. Like, I can't tell if it's that I truly was not interested in solving equations and looking at numbers in the way I was passionately interested in writing or reading a book and talking about it or talking about American poetry or, you know, like being a sort of person and arts oriented person, or if it was, or if it was a little of both where you have that aptitude already or that interest and then that gets fueled. And then this kind of becomes like you said, this sort of thing that's like, well, I'm not good at that. So don't think of me as being that person because I, I wouldn't know where to start. You know what I mean? Right. I think I'm also, I'm kind of a slower person. Like I like to, uh, it'll take me a while to finish a homework thing. So if I only have so much time, I think that's the other reason that Mm. math wasn't Maybe I didn't have the aptitude in terms of if I had all the time in the world, I might have gotten around to it. But I would spend way too long on like a history project or something else that I was interested and not enough time on that homework because I didn't didn't like it. Yeah, it didn't have the it didn't captivate in the same way. I do have the the, I do feel like a certain I feel a certain envy towards this idea of numbers being satisfying and kind of magical or, you know, when, when someone gets excited about stuff that I'm interested in that does involve math and, and I see their face light up about how that all works and how precise and kind of beautiful and artistic that is in its own scientific way, I do think to myself like, oh my gosh, I wish I, I, wish I had a, a, that relationship to it instead of the sort of like cold dismissive like well i don't know well i mean yeah there there's an ass for every seat as my dad likes to say <laughs> <laughs> like to each his own you Amazing. know you gotta have both types. there's an ass for every seat yeah Did, so there was never a point at which someone was like uh your dad makes weapons and that's not cool no i think my dad early on knew that i wasn't great at it i had to make a flow chart um in eighth grade math and i couldn't like it was one of those like i can't do this i need your help and right and you know we were up till two in the morning and he ended up making a way too complicated uh, a flow chart for me uh-huh. and mrs olaf gave me an f immediately knowing that you oh have yeah done she was a yeah. kid yeah no your dumb ass did uh-huh. not create this flow chart there's no fucking way yeah um so where but his with that? well, I no. Know. I guess I was asking if if um, other people if there was a sense of like if there were if 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 you had a sense of the sort of weapon militarization of it all that felt like I oh I'm a peacenik I don't want to know that my dad is somehow involved in like a defense system or were there and was there ever a time when that was presented to you 
You know what I mean? Like, cause we had, when I, I went to a high school where there was a lot of air force kids, uh-huh. um, parents. And there was a period of time when I was in high school where some people would be like, um, your dad is contributing to Bush's war zone. Like, you know what I mean? There'd be some sort of conversation like that where the person would be like, um, I don't have anything to do with this. And my dad's just making a living. And what are you talking about? Kind there of was no conversation like that. I yeah. think all of the kids that pretty much went to my high school, their parents were, I mean, that was the only place of employment. Yeah. Really. There was also a McDonald's and a Burger King. Like that's Wonderful. it in the town. Like, yeah. There was a small military base. How big was the high school? Real small. It was pretty small. I mean, there were 950 kids, I think at the time. I think mm-hmm. it's bigger now, but that yeah. seems like it's probably pretty small. Yeah. I, I asked these questions and I realized I have no idea what's big or small. And it's kind of conservative, like type of place. So no, like I never thought about it that way. Yeah. I never thought about like, oh, my dad is contributing, you know, and I don't know, my dad's so kind of proud of what he's done and proud of our military and proud of, um, of our defense. And so, Mm -hmm. and I kind of just grew up feeling like, yeah, that's great. Do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I have an older sister, younger sister, and a younger brother. It's possible. I only knew about one sister until just now. Yeah. And I need some time to deal with a surprise. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> new information. New information coming in. There were four of us. Uh, okay. And um, uh, so the age difference was such that you guys would be in school at the same time? So my older sister and I are pretty close. Um, and then I've got a younger sister, six years younger. Oh, okay. And a younger brother, 10 years younger. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All same mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did your parents stay together? Yep. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so great. It's also great when someone gets a divorce because they're not in a place that they should be. That's another thing I said recently. A podcast was like, by the way, why isn't it awesome when you, why aren't people like, congratulations, you got divorced because you knew that it wasn't right for you and way to go. I think people are are beginning to do more of that. I think so too. I can't imagine being in any generation before ours to have to kind of deal with that because it seems like it was only harder the further back you go especially as a woman, you know. But now that everything's fine and women are exactly equal to men, <laughs> we're all set, you guys. Um, did uh, And so you were in, a, were you in like, did you get into kind of theater stuff too when you were in high school or was it more? Yeah, I did a bunch of theater. I loved theater in high school. Um, was I it a good it. theater program, whatever that means? I mean, we had this teacher who came in from New York. She had graduated, I don't know, from some school and she had done theater in New York. Oh yeah, the real she, thing. Yeah, and she was young and like, she was actually really good. Like looking back, That's she great. taught me some of the cool list still things that i use now wendy black shout Um, out to wendy black yeah and um i don't know how great this school wasn't we didn't have a ton of money it wasn't a great theater program but she was great one great teacher is honestly all it takes she taught me about uta hagen and some some things that really were stuck with me till now i mean i still i'm like oh yeah she was the reason that i was actually interested in it it was really the first thing that i was good at yeah was theater is that so has she become one of those people in your life where you're like I honestly don't know when I would have had this relationship to it if not for her yeah I mean I I had done theater when I was like real little like a kid we did you know a ton of different plays my sister and I did um but in terms of loving storytelling or understanding the questions you could ask yourself that would kind of get you really to a place where you're more inhabiting this space and and the things that are actually to me interesting about acting. She was the first person that introduced me to that because previous to that, it was just more the histrionics of being on stage and like, yeah, look at the attention. I've got a big voice. I'm perfect. Uh (laughs) Or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, I think I had, God, 
I think I've consistently had this sort of still, even having majored in theater, um, having this, like, I don't know where it came from apologetic guilt or idea that it's not a craft. And for me, and I don't feel that way about other people. Like it's, it's not something I project out to other people when I, but, but I feel to myself sometimes. And I think most of my life I felt like, again, it was like, this is so fun. And the work part of it is definitely work, but will anyone understand or care that it feels like it's a craft or that it's more consuming than what it looks like when you just kind of get up on stage. Like, I think I had a whole conversation going with other people that they didn't know about. Like other people were like, no, I think that's a great, that's a great craft. Like I couldn't do it. I, you know, da da da. And in my head I was thinking, oh, this isn't legitimate somehow. This doesn't, you know, I'm never going to be able to prove to anyone this is a real job or anything like that. Did you ever have that? Or did you kind of get come into like you were talking about with Wendy Black this relationship to it that felt like it was deeper and richer earlier. It's so weird. Now I feel like I go in and out of feeling like it's a craft. I think I do too. Because of, you know, the type of material you might get uh, doesn't necessarily feel like you're digging into the <laughs> right. soul of a human being. Right. It's more like, Oh, can you tell that joke? Perfect. Great. Yeah. We'll hire you. Yeah. Or not. Um, but yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't see it as a career path. I, you know, being from where I was from, I didn't know any actors. Yeah. And so it never occurred to me that you would do that for a living. It wasn't until I was 24 and had already gone to undergrad for something else. And I had gone to graduate school for sociology and I had worked as a behavioral counselor. Then after that, and I had been doing theater kind of at night, like doing little plays or whatever, I kind of came to this, oh, you should do what you love thing Mm -hmm. and it and it stopped mattering like what Mm -hmm. it seemed like to anybody else because at that point I was making no money as a waitress um actress I thought I would make more money Uh than as a behavioral counselor sociologist Uh and so (laughs) I was like oh I I was kind of going on this path that I thought had a definite here's Mm -hmm. the end goal and the idea of going for something that didn't have an end goal wasn't appealing to me at all in my yeah. youth. Yeah. And then when I got just a little bit of time in that world of like, and now you do this, and now you get married, and now you blah, 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 I realized that really didn't fit me at all. Mm-hmm. And um, Isn't that funny? I really had the same thing. We talked about this off podcast. Uh, but that idea of being more scared and responsible as a young person and kind of letting that go in your 20s versus being somebody who's more of a free spirit as a young person. And that's when you have these big dreams and then those, and then the opposite happens. You sort of give up and I like our way. I don't, I'm not saying it's right for everyone, but I don't know what would have happened to me. These guys are probably tired of hearing me say this. I've said a couple times, but I don't know what would have happened to me if I had not done all of the things I did that had nothing to do with what I do now. If I had just gone straight in, God knows what I would have, what would have happened to me. I just don't know. Well, might not have been good though. Well, and now when things are hard or it's not great, I, at least I know that other people in the world, it's equally hard. That's right. <laughs> it's That's not right. Like, there isn't, I mean, yeah, you know, well, okay, I shouldn't say other people in the world. Other people in our very blessed country right. where yes. there's the a specific lot of bubble and, of like, there's that education. world. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, people with normal jobs in yeah. the United States of America. Yeah. <laughs> um, that world is hard. Like, yes. And I'm glad that I 
had that experience because yeah. this world is also hard yes. for totally different yes, reasons. Yes, yes. And and it's tempting to be like, I want to jump ship and go be a therapist right. in like, I don't know, Washington State or something. Right, right. And then and then I remember, oh, I kind of Yeah. Well, and that. by the way, I it's hilarious because I really don't ever talk about work uh that much, but it does pertain to you having done theater in high school. But I think also that um there's there that's the constant point of reckoning for all of us i think is that we ha- we that if we're very kind to ourselves we're we're asking the question is this a situation of wherever you go there you are like i'll just take my own problems into a new environment or is there something to be said for me switching around my environment and you know is that really what it is and it's just always good for us to allow ourselves to ask those questions without plaguing ourselves with those questions you know finding that balance and figuring that out but I will not make you uh, talk about acting because I also it's like I brought up not wanting to talk about acting and being apologetic about it and then just proceeded to ask you all about it. Um, what were you did, were you into music? Were you into like, did you have sort of an outside of what you were doing at school? Did you feel like you were developing, cultivating a persona of, you know, Colette loves, you know, well, she's a huge U2 fan. Everyone knows that she da da da. No, I would have loved to have been it. We didn't have so my dad didn't finish undergrad till I was like eight. And so we didn't have like literally we were broke, broke, broke. Yeah. And then he like went up the ranks at his job. He's a very smart guy. And so and he did. They finally had like, you know, mid middle class income by the time I left the house. Um, oh, wow. But yeah. while I was there, it was not it was not great. And there were a lot of kids and, like my mom's sisters, kids lived with us too. whatever. Anyway. Point is, I couldn't cultivate an interest in music because we didn't have any money. I remember I got this. <laughs> sure. My sister and I were talking about this the other day. I got one of those Case Logic tape deck things. Yeah, yeah. And didn't ever have any tapes to put in it. Oh. I had one freaking sad ass tape. <laughs> and like, I, so yeah. That's such a great my, image. My older sister had tons of tapes and I don't know where anyway I, I don't know um, but I didn't have any but so that is saying a lot because I remember people just giving me mixtapes or somehow I would get because I didn't really have money either but somehow I was getting hold of these tapes and it breaks my heart to think of teenage Colette not having well, it wasn't really teenage by the time I got yeah. to be a teenager there it wasn't really tapes I guess it was CDs and I think yeah. I never I wasn't as interested because like I said my older sister who had the same circumstances yeah I did managed to procure things I right. think I just didn't I don't know. I guess my interest, we lived, um, there's a lot of land around us. So mm-hmm. I like to play in the woods That's a lot great. and came up with a ton of storylines oh, and I would I like make, it. it's my favorite, you know, make these trails that like went all the way down to the stream, but like what took me all summer, one summer to make this trail and like yeah. slide logs over to make like a, oh, a border God, that went all I the way down. That. You were world building. Doing like weird. So yes. Yeah, so I don't know. I did stuff like that. I, Learned how to play the clarinet. I really loved the clarinet. Yeah. I wanted to play the flute, but the clarinet was what we found at a yard sale. So my mom oh, was God, like, this is what you're playing. all the per- perfect. <laughs> so that's what I, I, so I played that a lot. Uh, what else did, well, did I do? you, because you were in, well, I guess if your brother is 10 years, if you're, if that's, there's that separation with your siblings of that much time. Mm-hmm. Was that weird when you, not weird, but when. Have, have having had six years of just you and your sister was that a surprise when you ended up with uh two more siblings eventually? i mean at, i was only six years old so you're already you're still kind of coming That's true to, i do remember where i was standing the day they said she was born oh now. yeah oh yeah we were being like 
life will never be the same. This nev this moment will never happen again. Like I like yeah. it's such a profound thought it for is. like a six year old. It is. I was at the neighbor's house staring out their window, like having this weird profound moment for a six year old. Um or is it maybe it's not that it's even that profound for a six year old. Maybe it's just that we don't assume that six year olds think that yeah. way, but they what we were doing that and that one was so specific and had something to do with such a, an actual huge thing that remained in your life forever that you remember that. But yeah. that's what I love about like Charles Schultz and peanuts and like, you know, we can all enjoy Snoopy dancing. I think that's great. But a lot of his stuff is these kids who are saying these things that you're like, I don't know if kids have that awareness. And then you turn around and someone's kid who's five says something to you that you're like, well, you just blew my mind. So I guess I was wrong. Yeah. Or you think back to a moment you had. Exactly. Hmm, Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But were you seeking out time by yourself? Like, did you like to be alone and sort of plan, like making that trail? Was that something you did with other people or was that kind of an opportunity for you to be alone and imagining stuff? Um, I think my older sister and I did a lot of that uh, together. She didn't like to do like the manual labor part, but she would be there like <laughs> singing a song and like dancing around. Me. And we played yeah. dress up. We had like Ugh, all the of these best. boxes of old clothes. And I think because we moved to Virginia when I was eight and mm-hmm. we hadn't had woods before that. We had mm-hmm. lived in Miami. And so having these woods oh really was like I'm so envious. There were no other kids around. The neighbors had like their grandson came and played, uh, but in the summer times, um, but yeah, but there weren't really any other kids and it did something. There was something about that that really did feed my imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't so and I wasn't really alone a lot because I always had my sister. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what I was wondering is whether or not you felt like you wanted to be alone and sort of had to do that or if you had that comfort level. It's great to have a sibling that you have that relationship with when you're so young. I think that's so cool. Yeah. It teaches you how to live with people better than someone like me who is an only child who just never had to, you know. I barely was like around my parents at times. Well, so. I live with my younger sister now, my that's the so one great. that's six years younger, and yeah. I love it. It's I like love that it is perfect. I'm like ah, I've never. I lived with my older sister when I was in New York for a while doing the acting thing, and um, and that was many many moons ago. And now living with my younger sister, this has been it's just amazing. It's like <laughs> I think that's so great. Yeah. yeah oh my it. god. Um, did you keep a journal and stuff when you were in high school? Were you feeling lots of feelings you know, and, I have, and needing to write I, them down? I did journal and I found some entries, but like I'm the mo- the spottiest. I was never good at doing homework or whatever. So I would like start with great intentions, yeah, keeping yeah. a journal and I just never can follow through on anything. Yeah. So it'd be like one entry or three entries and then like nothing. Yeah. Um, but I have a few of those. And yeah, I had a lot of feelings, but I didn't write them down. <laughs> I think I talked... I, I was very chatty, Kathy. I talked to everyone mm-hmm. all of so the time. Were you, so you were fairly popular, if you want to use that word? I guess so. I mean, I had a good group of friends. I also had an enemy like that I didn't know. Like oh. I was not aware that I had oh, gotten wow. this enemy. And then it like it was like I heard from a bunch of people in school, oh, so-and-so hates <gasps> you. And I thought, oh, oh geez, no. no. Like, and and that, I think that like really, that was kind of traumatizing. Oh, I- I have, that is one of the major things I've had to work through in my life is like being okay with someone not liking me or not taking that on. It's like a thing, a problem that needs to be fixed. And I think too, cause we weren't allowed so we were very Catholic. I was raised very Catholic and we weren't allowed to go to parties or do that kind of thing. And 
And I felt like, so I wasn't going to be able to be super cool. I always had a great group of girlfriends. Yeah. But we weren't necessarily the coolest group of girls. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, because I wasn't really allowed to do anything that cool. Mm-hmm. I think it was that. But maybe it's also I wear my feelings on my face. And I feel like that's not, you got to have a little bit of a poker face to be the coolest kid. That's probably true. And I don't have a poker I face. Know. I, I have don't a like, either. here I'm are my feelings. awful at covering stuff. Yep. Awful. Yep. I remember someone saying that to me when I was in my very early, it was in my like 19, um, getting a, like a, like a job review from my manager or something where I worked. And I remember her saying, you really need to work on your game face. And I had never heard that expression before. I was like, I don't know what that means. And she said, you need to not like, people shouldn't be able to tell when you're in a good or bad mood. You need to be pleasant. Oh, I think much that's terrible advice. And I, I think said, that's I was terrible like, advice. Oh boy, this is maybe not the job for me because yeah. that's, I don't, I couldn't even do that if I tried. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know about these cool kids who. Yeah, that sounds like a I mean, no. But I had like maybe I said, they just I didn't, didn't have, have those strong feelings, and it wasn't even that they were hiding; they were just sort of flat inside. Yeah, well, I don't even know, uh, but but I'm still good friends with a lot of the girls that I was friends with. I think that's great. In high school, so yeah. you didn't do the sort. You didn't go down the kind of rebellious route of like staying out and drinking and smoking. And all oh that no, kind I did. Oh, oh, I did. <laughs> no, I just wasn't supposed gotcha, to. Gotcha, gotcha. It wasn't supposed to. I felt like the cool kids like they actually had parties at their house, and gotcha, the parents were gotcha, permissive gotcha. about like oh, you guys can drink, whatever. I yeah. did fucked up shit. Yeah. But it was just always on the sly and I always got my ass reamed for uh-huh. it. Like, <laughs> it was never like, I, yeah. Uh, I and what about boys? What about boyfriends? Did that? Did you go out with guys in high school? A lot of people didn't, which is well, I'm always interested in kind of I when did. That. I wasn't, um, I wasn't able to have sex because of the whole Catholic upbringing. Thing. Uh-huh. But I had boyfriends that I made out with and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But you didn't have like, this was essentially my boyfriend husband through high school. Oh, no, no, Some no, people no. had those amazing, I just had a conversation with someone that was like, oh my God, you were with someone two years in high school? That no. feels like a lifetime to me from that age. No, I had a couple of significant, like, I think like one every year, kind of like adulthood, mm-hmm. actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> Same pattern. Like, you and know, from I, this person, I got this. And from this person, yeah, not a so, CDs. Uh, <laughs> we know that. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, like I had like a different, yeah. But even, but would it last for, I'm sorry if this is too nosy, but would oh, no. it last for the school year? Or was it like there was one significant like, oh, for a couple months, this person and I were really important to one another. And then that kind of faded away. Cause I think, that's I think they of, would last like for the school year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Part Even of the time. that feels like a long time. Are you yeah. in touch with any of those guys? Um, not really. I mean, I think like they've said stuff to me on Facebook. I'm terrible yeah. about keeping up. I'm just terrible on Facebook in general. No, but I'm not really friends with with any of the high school yeah. friends. I, I don't. I mean, I'm. I'm. It's not like I talk to anyone. Like, of does mine. that make me bad? Every I'm day, like- I have a phone call with four <laughs> ex boyfriends. Um, no, no, but I mean, like, you know, the difference between you know somebody who's uh, making choices at that age that are like. You know, I, this person shattered me. Then this person did this. Then this person broke. Oh my no, heart, I didn't really know. have any of that. I yeah. mean, I think no. Like, I think I had did have one boy in high school who broke up with me. But I mean, it's so obvious that I was better than like I, we were like we were like good friends and like I was I was hot and like I don't know. I think he just wanted to be able to have sex and I couldn't. So it didn't really it like. 
hurt my ego a little bit, yeah. pissed me off. But it was also like, I'm not having sex with you just right. because you're ready. Like, right. and what you, I'm not ready when for you that. Say you, okay, so that's, that's the key, right? Because you said there was stuff you couldn't do or weren't supposed to do uh, because of your upbringing that you did do. But then there was the, but then the sex thing, that's something you could have done, even if you knew it was wrong. But you were like, I don't want to do this yet. Yeah, I just didn't feel yeah, I didn't feel ready for it. And I think it was easy to be like, well, I can't, I'm Catholic. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? But I think I legit didn't feel ready. I mean, some of that stuff made me, I don't know, honestly made me feel nauseous. Like I remember my first boyfriend in fourth grade, he called my house and like, I got like sick feeling like, oh my God, that is too far. And broke up with him the next day. I was like, that is it. Yeah. You took it way too far. Now my whole family's going to (laughs) know this illicit secret of you being my boyfriend. I don't fucking think so. Yeah. That's Um, amazing. Well, I totally remember that feeling. I had my, um, these guys know if they listen to it, I had my first like real boyfriend um, that I'd known, I've known my whole life from when I was uh, in first grade. And when we were in sixth grade, we became boyfriend, girlfriend, and we made out and stuff. And he brought up, he lives here and is in the business. And he brought up like you, I think you felt really bad and weird about some of the stuff that we were like, and I was like, oh, I couldn't remember if he and I talked about that or if he just picked up on that. But I remember having that sick feeling of like not knowing why I wasn't comfortable or why I felt it, but having this like really strong sense that something was wrong. And it, well, the only thing that could have been wrong was that I wasn't ready kind of, you know? Yeah. Which is what I sort of worry about with young women is I just, I don't care when you do it, but I just want you to really know, but you know, but you can't, you can't project that on someone else and, you know, tell them how to know or not know. Cause sometimes you have to get the sick feeling to know. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I, th- and I was fine with like other types of hooking uh-huh. up. It's not like, like, I felt like more than okay. I right, didn't feel guilty right. with, about it at all. But yeah. It was like, I don't want anything that could potentially make a baby. I saw other, I had some girlfriends who got pregnant and both have, you know, awesome daughters that are now in high school, you know, looking at colleges now because they had their baby, you know, in high school. Yeah. And I just, I think that was all way too much. Yeah. That's something I could never... And that had happened to my mom and dad. They had gotten pregnant really young. Mm. So, so I think that was just also in my head, like, mm-hmm. nope, no, thank you. Not yeah. going down the poor road. Well, that no was, I guess that was going to be my next question was, would, do, did you feel like, um, that there was, that it was a, a very spiritual or religious reason, or was it also just kind of cultural and kind of like, like you said, like a reason, I mean, were you again, I apologize if I'm prime, but were you saying, were you praying like, God, I'm, I'm not going to have sex. I just want you to know. I'm no. not gonna have sex. Okay. <laughs> because that's no, also okay. And even now, like, I mean, that's my, also okay. So you know? like my, my dad has a very personal, like real, I would say relationship for him with God mm-hmm. and, and it uses his faith in his life and pray, like wakes up at five in the morning to do his prayer and meditation mm-hmm. and really gets something out of it. That's great. And, but then my mom, I would say, you know, just goes to church. Right. Um, and you know, and not to say she doesn't pray, but it's just not, doesn't look the same. It's not like an every, and so I would say I'm more, I have a little bit of both of them, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, um, I don't go to church anymore. Um, and so not like that, but more sometimes I'm about God and I pray and I'm, you know, can mostly when I, I'm really down on my luck. Well, <laughs> you know, like, not the only person who you, has right? that. And yeah. then, and then, but my dad's more consistent. He does it kind of all the time. Um, so I would say, I guess I'm more like my mom. I don't know. I like the idea. I, I think that's the, that's the hardest part is, I mean, whether or not you're talking about 
uh, God or the universe or luck or, you know, whatever it is that, um, that we, that, or meditation, whatever it is that we're sort of checking in with, I guess is just a way of saying that that feels the most intellectual and the least spiritual. But if you're checking in with something that to be able to check in, in a positive way is so important too. Um, because we shouldn't only feel not alone when we're alone or when we're feeling like we most need someone, I guess. Like it's such a gift to give ourselves. Like you shouldn't, I guess that that's with anything. And I don't know why I'm being so preachy all of a sudden, but with anything, it feels like, um, sometimes there are things that I feel like I'm not acknowledging that I'm happy about and, and that somehow it's like a chore to feel happy about them, but it's never a chore to feel bad about something. And, it's so if just is such a gift to actually feel good about something that why wouldn't we do that more? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's a, that's a, like a bummer that I wish I had the relationship with if, if I believed in God, I wish I had the relationship with God where my morning prayer would be like, I'm so grateful. Thank you. And then when times got tough to be able to go, listen, I talk to you every day anyway, so this isn't that big of a deal, but I really need help. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I actually try to do that and not, I mean, getting into this whole got, I, you know, couldn't, I can't write down how, like, I believe in God and this is why and like have, you know, and I am kind of cerebral and think, and when I think too much about it, I'm like, eh, probably doesn't exist. Right. Here's the thing. What I found is I need it. Whether it's there or not, yeah. I need it. Yeah. And so, so I choose to believe it's possible that it's there and, and also... Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get into it too much. But, but, you don't have to. But yeah. I. Th- but I do think that that is an example of to oversimplify it. It is. It can absolutely be a you get out of it what you put into it. I don't see why it can't be that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I did. I did pray in high school, but it wasn't about things like boy. I, that wasn't a huge. Mm-hmm. I th- was pretty, and I thought I was pretty, <laughs> and I wasn't super worried about it. That's just to be perfectly honest. Right, right, like I right, wasn't. Right overly concerning yeah. myself with it. It was like, mm-hmm, yeah. I'll have a boyfriend. <laughs> it'll be fine. Um, yeah. But I was worried about like popular. I knew I was, I was kind of awkward and like, like I said, wore my feelings on my face, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, like that kind of stuff I worried about or, you know, I don't know. I was always terrible at sports and I worried about that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to be better, but like the ball would come to me and I would definitely drop uh-huh. it because I would get nervous, yeah, you know, yeah. like that kind of stuff I thought about a lot or, yeah. Um, I don't know, my grades, things like that. Yeah. God, yeah. That's, it's the, the things that we end up feeling weird about when we're younger are so varied, you know? Um, the idea of just kind of, like, I'm trying to, I was just thinking to myself, like, did I, I, like, I think I was worried about certain things, but I guess when I am, if I'm really honest about it, I wasn't that worried about my looks either. I mean, I, I, I know I was worried about whether or not people liked me, but I guess I do. I wasn't spending a lot of time going, am I, do I think I'm okay looking? I think I knew I was, had gotten lucky, whatever that means in terms of like what's considered pretty. (laughs) Yeah. I think there was a period when I was in the sixth grade where I I remembered like all the boys like this one girl and she had great hair. Uh-huh. I just remember staring at the back of her hair and being like, why doesn't my hair look like that? You know, and, and like, but that was like, my first awareness of even 
before that it was like i could give a rats i had yeah. no idea that yeah. that was a thing didn't care at all and then i got this this friend karen wood hey karen um who i'm still friends with who moved to town from oklahoma in like the eighth grade and we immediately became bestest of besties and she was the one who was like god look at your clothes you look ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and i was like i do and she had great clothes so yeah. she would dress me up because I was a stick. And she was like, oh my God, I can dress you and all these things, whatever. So she would dress me up and make me look cute. And I think that's like when I kind of became aware of it, but I, I didn't really, I kind of took it for granted. I think yeah. if you're not, yeah. you know, you don't have something about you that's unappealing. People kind of don't say anything or, yeah. you know. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, and like as much as I don't think I, th- I, I don't think I looked in the mirror and said like, I am ugly. I'm an ugly girl. I'm ugly. I just, I think whatever my insecurities were, would it's like when you're that age too, and I guess when you're any age, you can always find some. Like I, I, I'm, I didn't think I was ugly, but I thought I was super boring looking, and I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to have whatever the hair was that I didn't have, or the skin color that I didn't have, or the eye color that I didn't have. I was like, that's beauty outside of me. Mm. That's what's pretty. This I just am used to whatever that you know and so and so if someone was like oh i would kill for your hair i'd be like ugh, i want this other thing that feels you know different to than me something that i don't know feels like like when you don't have to live in your own skin your own body you can sort of project outward and go oh that's what's pretty because it doesn't involve me being in my head about something you know what i mean interesting yeah i do know what you mean i was what i was thinking about when <laughs> i was like well I, there was one thing that i didn't feel good about and that was my feet uh-huh so probably I, have adorable feet nope size 11 skis you do and I'm five. i always felt my feet were too small five seven my feet sh- i mean i should be six feet tall with these feet but what happened is i got them in the seventh grade when i was like five i love that you one. it's like you got them like you got them at a store yeah I like woke up one day and yeah. my feet were <laughs> huge. And I remember my dad was like, oh, we'll go, you know, shopping for shoes or whatever. So we went and they didn't have my size at Lady Foot Locker. Now I'm five foot one. <laughs> and the girl at Lady Foot Locker is like, oh, you can try Foot Locker in the seventh grade. The last thing you want to do is have to go to the man's shoe store to get your shoes. And I'm like, what's yeah. wrong with me? And my dad has this thing where like whenever something's like awkward or he laughs uncontrollably. So he can't, he's laughing so hard. He's crying as oh, we're standing no. in the lady foot locker. He's oh, like, I no. can't get over <laughs> I'm like uh, legit, like crying, uh, you know, whatever. so he's like, well, we'll go over there and I don't want shoes dad. So I didn't get new shoes that year. Um, I was like, my feet were like busting out of the old shoes I had from before. Did anyone just- ever notice it outside of you noticing? No, my girlfriends would say stuff like make fun of me, but right. and, like my family has always made fun of me, but no guy was ever like, your feet are disgusting. Uh-huh. No, not one, <laughs> not one has ever said anything. It's and are those people saying own. stuff and teasing you because it's become a thing that you identified or that you guys sort of talked about and joked about together and then it becomes a thing that they're going to give you a hard time about? Or did, did someone, because I, I say this because I've worked with you, I've been around you more than once. There's n- at no time did I ever, I mean, I, I almost didn't believe you when you said that. I was like, oh, I'm so sure you have large feet because I, it, it, that is, certainly not something i ever noticed yeah no i think that they just maybe because when i was younger i was i had a smaller body and so it didn't really match and it was like oh colette's got those ridiculous feet Uh and like no one else in my family has large feet like they don't small my little sister has like a size six yeah like so my foot is like just some weird genetic blip in the genetic code (laughs) right it just doesn't really fit so i don't know i think that's probably why this is the most boring podcast. I know. I'm so sorry, you guys. 
getting into feet. I'm afraid that I don't feel that way, but I understand that um, talking about large feet might seem dull to you yeah. uh, because you're blessed with large feet that you've been able to enjoy your whole life. Yes. Some of us don't have that and thought that we had our feet were too small. Oh, my God. Um, uh, we got each other's feet is I guess what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to get into this mash game with you. Uh, this is a flight of fancy. Um, and, uh, did you ever play mash when you were a kid? Yes. Okay. So you know how this goes. So I'm going to start with three, uh, sports that in this mash alternate universe, you rock at your killer awesome at. Okay. Softball. Great. Swimming. Mm-hmm. And track. Um, okay. Next question is, uh, three, let's say this, I've never done this before, but, um, this will be kind of fun. Let's say, uh, you're, everything is kind of the same as it is now in, in, uh, where you live and, uh, and what your surrounding area is like, except that there's one door at the back of your house or your apartment that you open up and that is a backyard that is sort of an alternate dimension backyard. Ooh. So with everything else the same, you can open the store, go into this backyard, three different like settings that that backyard would be. Okay. Alaska. Okay. Great. Mm. Charlottesville, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And the Florida Keys. Now, is that your same, or would these be your same answers if I said you have a vacation home somewhere that you can go to whenever you want, or would you say something different? Oh, uh, I don't know where I would go for vacation home, yeah. actually. But I don't know. These just all sound like, oh, this would be I love this places. idea. I love okay. this idea. Okay. So the, the reason I say that is because I sometimes do the vacation home, and I've never done this backyard thing before, so mm-hmm. I just realized I kind of solved both questions in one. Okay. Um, so I'm going to move on to... Uh, Let's do three, I do love doing this one. Let's do three movies that are in this alternate reality, um, lot, like an actual place that you can go and visit and hang out with the characters and stuff. Legends of the Fall. Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, um, great. I can go and visit? Where do I want to go and visit? Mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland? Great. Oh, I know. Annie. Annie. Mm-hmm. God, Annie. But the Daddy Warbucks part, not the orphanage. Right. <laughs> Boy, that orphanage. You know what? I might bring uh, my love of Carol Burnett's performance in that movie. She that had to go bathroom. It. My sister and I like, went to all of <laughs> Did you, yeah, you would recreate Annie? Oh, my God. For sure. Yeah. I yeah. remember they did Annie when Mrs. I was in third Hannigan. grade or second grade. And I did not get the part of Annie and I'm not even sure I ended up being in it at all. And it felt like a enormous failure on my part in the second grade. Yeah. Like I can't, I, I failed. Oh my I'm God. a failure. Yeah. Second grade. It starts so early. It did at my school. Now, mind you, it's not like I was at some regional theater or something like that, but yeah, boy, cause that was like the best movie in the world as a young, oh, as a, as a my young God, kid. Yes. Damn, it was good. Um, did you see the updated version of Annie? Nope. I did not either. Will you? No, probably Who would not. Want to ruin it for themselves? <laughs> no. uh, maybe it's a, got, there's a whole new generation of Annie lovers now because of that movie, but I haven't heard much about her it. blue patty shoes. I mean, who didn't want those on the I steps? Know, the clicking, uh, who didn't want that red curly hair? I did. Right? Uh, Okay, next question is, um, well, listen, I have to go straight into the MASH uh, classic of three gentlemen 
uh, or ladies, you can uh, step outside uh, your heterosexuality uh, unless you are already bisexual, in which case I welcome you to bring that to the table here. Uh, three people that you in this alternate reality, it can be that you just have some sexy times with them. It can be that they become your alternate universe spouse, um, whatever, uh, you know what I mean? Like it can be someone you're like, listen, I'd love to spend a night with this guy, but I don't know that I need to spend my entire life with them. Or it can be someone that you're like, I think it'd be great to be married to Jimmy Stewart or what have you. Oh, interesting. Oh, God. You can cut out the pauses on this, right? So I can just sit here and think about it. You can just mull it over. Even if I don't cut them out, I can fill them in with my rambling. So it's basically just your body. Can be whatever you want. Bradley Cooper, for sure. Got him. Got him. If we're doing sexy time, Bradley Cooper. Got it. And it can be a character, too. If you're like, I wouldn't want to be with Johnny Depp, but I would want to be with. Jack Sparrow. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound obsessed with Legends of the Fall and, uh, and Brad Pitt, but Tristan. Okay, Specifically, great. not Brad Pitt, Tristan from Legends there of the Fall. There you go. That's who I want to be there with. There you Brad. go. Um, and the third one. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. You take all the time you need. These are important <laughs> sexy times we're talking about here. Jamie Foxx. <laughs> great. Great, great, great. Great use of it. Great use of it. Um, Okay. Next one is three. uh, We'll do three kind of alternate universe careers where whatever it is that isn't appealing about it in this world uh, is not a factor in this imaginary world. So, you know, if you if if being a therapist, part of that still sounds good, but you know about the, you know, daily grind of it, you can sort of remove that element because this is all fantasy. Or something that you don't know how to do at all. That seems like it would be fun. So three careers that would mm-hmm. be fun? Oh, okay. Um, hmm. And it could also be like your side job. Like if you still would want to be doing what you're doing, it could be like, but I also own a business and it's da 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 Okay. I think if I wasn't such a procrastinator, I would be a novelist. Oh, great. great I mean, great. I mean, I probably would. I don't know that I'd ever sell anything, but like in my head, like mm-hmm. novelist sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I you like, like world building. We figured that out when you like making those trails to the. That's right. The stream. Um, I think therapist. That's a great. You know what? Really, though, what I if I had been better at math and a little bit more diligent about school, I would really like to be a neuroscientist because oh, I love great. brain. Great, great, great. Thank God there are so many places for us to sort of dip a toe into that now with podcasts and stuff. I feel like that's it's such a gift to be able to go, yeah, I listen to the science podcast. It's about all I can muster for my scientific knowledge, totally. but I'm real into it for that hour. But you can open a conversation yeah. about stuff that you would really not have yeah. access to, Absolutely. which is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next one is uh, <laughs> my perennial favorite, three foods or drinks or whatever that um, in this alternate universe have no negative physical ramifications whatsoever um and in fact you could sort of have them in perpetuity so it's like oh i could just eat chocolate chip cookie dough whenever i wanted the snap of a finger in this alternate universe cheese pizza new great. york cheese pizza great um cheese pea yeah cookie dough ice cream great great it's really disgusting what mountain dew <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> 
That's what this is for. <laughs> That's what this is for. You're exercising all of your uh, Mountain Dew demons. It's right. perfect. Um, okay. Next one for you would be three roles from uh, films that have already been made that you can magically transport back into and, and be in. So like I would have been fun to be Annie or it would have been fun to be someone's oh. girlfriend in Legends of the Fall or whatever. Well, maybe those would have been... I, I mean, this is sounds so dark or whatever, but The Hours was like one of those movies oh, yeah. that I watched again and again yes. and again and wanted to be any of those characters yeah yeah that's some amazing work right there um yeah no that's not dark if that's a if that's something that would be challenging and amazing and you know that kind of thing that sort of the work of it i think that's i totally respect that what else what would i i think i would have died to be alice in alice in wonderland when i was a kid there was like a a real life version in the 80s not the animated oh yeah yeah that my sister and i I ever saw obsessed with we had it on beta Amazing. Whatever. I don't I think I've ever seen it. it. Oh my God. I did love Return to Oz though. Did you yeah. ever see that? Mm-mm. That's like a a very dark, strange Feruza Balk was Dorothy in this um sequel basically to The Wizard of Oz. Because you know there were all these Oz books. Yeah. And uh it was weird. It's a weird kind of creepy movie. Yeah, and you loved it. And I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Watched it over and over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, that again. was us. I mean, we just knew yeah. every single line. Um, I gotta I gotta track this uh 80s Alice down. Okay, and then okay, one more. Great. Okay, um what else would I want to I don't know. God, I mean <laughs> This is really bad that I'm like an actress and I'm like, I don't know. It's not like I play all the roles. I want. You know what? I wanted to play Charlize Theron's character in Young Adult. Maybe oh, great. Like, great. Not my character, but hers. Uh-huh. I uh-huh, love uh-huh. that role. That's great. You would have killed that too. Um, okay, great. And then my last category will be, I'm going to do um, magical friend or pet. So uh, it could be like, an ostrich or it could be Grover. It could be, you know, any, anything that's either like a pet that you could never have because it's either not real or impractical or a sort of weird sort of imaginary friend come, come to life. So it's not like a real person, not like Oprah. I mean, it could be Oprah. Okay, great. Oprah. Listen, great. Um, like it's just me and Oprah now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who else do I want as my imaginary friend uh, I don't know like, it's so funny so many of the things that come into my mind to even ask questions about are like things that I should be asking a child I apologize oh no not at all I'd like to be friends with Michelle Obama great 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 Meanwhile, I mean, you're naming all these like I just like amazing <laughs> women, and I'm like, you know, Grover. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said like imaginary friend. I'm like, I mean, if I no, that's just fine. Snap that's my totally great. Oh, Gloria Steinem, I would like great. to be friends with her. Great, 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 great. Okay, uh, tell me when to stop. My pen feels real loud right now. Stop. Okay, I'm gonna count up these rings okay i'm going to tally up the results uh i will take a quick pause so the listener won't feel as if no time has passed at all and i will uh foretell your amazing 100 percent guaranteed mash future oh my god i can't wait okay 
Uh, I'm feeling real good about this. Okay. I'm feeling real good. Now, as you know, mansion, apartment, shack, and house. That's what MASH stands for. Uh So uh, because I didn't do a vacation home, it's basically what we're going to think of as the backyard would have been like almost like your guest house would have been whatever mansion, apartment, shack, or house. In this case, it's a a shack. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Just what I always wanted. A cute little shack in uh, in the back. But that shack uh, is in your magical backyard of Charlottesville, Virginia. Amazing. It's like, what do you want to have an apartment complex back there? No. No. What are you going to have a mansion that's bigger than that house that you're coming out of? No. Mm -mm. House? Eh. You want a little like cottage. That's what I think of as a shack. And it feels like it's just right in Charlottesville. Yeah. A shack is okay. So we're in a shack. All right. Great. That's great. So that's, that's just that one little piece. Now, I don't know if you, uh, want to have sex with Bradley Cooper in that little shack in the back or if you want to do it in your house proper but know that it will happen both places uh, <laughs> so that's taken care of I want to congratulate you on uh, following at however often you end up doing such this act that we've just discussed with Bradley Cooper you can talk all about it with your best friend Oprah oh my god while you guys enjoy some cookie dough <laughs> Uh, and you, when you're ready for a break from that, there are a number of different things that you can do. Uh, and by the way, I do want to congratulate you on your amazing role in the hours. I guess maybe you played all three of those women. I'm Thank not sure. You. <laughs> it was like That's you incredible. It basically, you I did, were in I the did. hours the way Eddie Murphy was in the clumps. I love it. So well done you. Um, you, uh, are an excellent swimmer, expert swimmer. You can go into the world of Legends of the Fall. I don't know if the swimming is going to become important in that situation, really? but know that you can dive into that movie whenever you want. And uh, as if all of that weren't enough, you were also a neuroscientist. Stop it right now. Yeah. You got a lot a neuroscientist of neuroscientist who in her spare time does the movie The Hours. That's right. I think we both and know that. Cooper. So when you, <laughs> that's exactly right. And then talks about and then her talks neurosciencing about with like Oprah. when you win the Nobel Prize, Oprah will be the person who is handing it to you, oh and God. she'll like do some little inside joke that only the two of you understand, and the whole world will be like, "God damn it, Colette so, and Oprah, Colette and Oprah, they're at it again." Co Colo. Uh, listen, <laughs> that's, that, that, I came up with that on pretty short notice, so it's forgivable. Um, Colette, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you for having uh, me. I think you're wonderful. And uh, I woke, are you on Twitter? Do you want people to follow you on sure. Twitter? Sure, certainly I they can Twitter. enjoy I you only on season two of You're the Worst. I only sometimes tweet, but yeah, um, I know I'm but sure. At it too. I tweet when I have a project. So if you, there you go, I mean, keep up with her, guys. Keep up with her. What's your Twitter handle? Colette Wolf. Colette Wolf, guys. Double L. Mm-hmm. Double L, double T. Double L, double T. E at the end of both. Remember those doubles, guys. Remember <laughs> those doubles. Uh, and uh, I myself, Trina Varney, will talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. What? <laughs>